You're listening to episode 138 of The STEM Space. Today, Natasha and I are providing essential tips for educators on preparing your students for the upcoming solar eclipse and how to organize a memorable watch party. From understanding safety precautions to engaging lesson ideas, we'll explore how to effectively incorporate this rare celestial event into your classroom while ensuring student safety. With insights on selecting viewing equipment, planning interactive activities, and fostering a sense of wonder, we hope to equip you to create an enriching experience for your students and their families. Let's dive in. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Claire. What's going on? I am thinking about the solar eclipse because (laughs) it is everywhere. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Where are you going? It's coming through Texas. Are you ready? What are you teaching? Um, So yeah, that's where my mind is. Do you have uh, solar glasses? I have them from the last time from the partial solar eclipse. And then I ordered some backup ones because they may be lost by the time April comes around with my kids playing with them. Um, And then I hide them and then I forget where I hide them. Mm, Yes. Multiple backup ones. Okay. I feel like they're going to sell out pretty fast. So I'm like hoarding solar eclipse glasses and putting them in every place that I might happen to look for them. So we'll see if I end up with some anywhere. But I got some uh, from Amazon. I got like the hard plastic instead of like the paper ones. I can like slide them back on my head. Otherwise they're hard to keep up with because you can't just like keep them in your pocket. I don't know. The paper one. Yeah, that's smart. We yeah. should link that in our blog post. <laughs> I will do that. Yeah, so we have a blog post uh, yeah. up now with all things solar eclipse. So if you are a parent or a teacher or just love space and want to figure out some things that you can do for the solar eclipse, we have ideas for you. Mm-hmm. We can talk about some of those too, because I am super pumped. I'm planning a solar eclipse event at my school So uh, it's a little overwhelming right now, but I'm so grateful that the main event is not something I am in charge of. The sky will be doing that. So, yeah. (laughs) And that's where it's like, I hope the weather's good. I hope it's not complete cloud coverage. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. It'll still be cool, especially as a total solar eclipse. Even if there are clouds, it's still going to look very eerie. It does get weird. Like the shadows do weird things. Mm-hmm. I can't even describe it. It's it's just not right. And then I love how the trees are like natural pinhole projectors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen where somebody posts a picture of how the eclipse goes through the trees. And then it makes little, uh, looks like half moons. Yeah. Like all on the ground. So cool. Huh. But if you don't have a tree, you can make an actual pinhole projector. It's pretty simple. So we have instructions on how to do that and even a lesson for you to do with your students. That's what I plan on doing. It's having them all make those pinhole projectors. 
Yeah. And so if you're a teacher and you're trying to put on a solar eclipse viewing party, so I'll be down in San Antonio and there's a district there that's trying to like plan an event and I help them with partial solar eclipse. And now it's like, okay, the big one. And I learned a few things from doing it the first time. One is don't forget like why you're there. <laughs> like it's really fun to just be like science and STEM. And then you have all these stations. It's like a STEM family night and it's really exciting. And then you just like run outside for a few minutes and you're like, cool. And then you run back inside <laughs> and I feel like you miss it. So one thought I had was I feel like there should be more of a buildup to that day instead of just like about that day. And so mm-hmm. having them learn about what the solar eclipse is. There's some really cool history around how other uh, groups, like different people, tried to explain what was happening and then how we started learning um, what it actually was. And then I love your paper circuit. I think that's a really great way to introduce um, the solar eclipse and what's going on. So maybe they build that not just the day of, but you could do it the week of or a couple weeks before to help prepare them for the event. I don't know. What do you think? That's a great idea. I was just thinking as you were talking with this paper circuit, which we have on our blog post, is if you put, if you're hosting an event and you're inviting families, you could put the information in the paper circuit, like a card so that they have all those details ahead of time Mm -hmm. uh, in in something that's really cool. So yeah, yeah, I'm totally- And that's, we have a note to families. So it's, it's both of these are free. And so we have this like editable note to families. And our thought was actually some schools are closed that day. So they're purposefully not having school. So Michelle, who wrote the blog post, she was saying her school's closed and they want parents to experience this with their kids. Um, And this note to families was her idea of like, how do I tell parents, like, what do I do that day? And how do I engage with my kids? And so we have a whole list of resources. So the thought is you give this with to the parents, and then there's QR codes and links for books to read, NASA videos, this interactive simulation, have all this cool stuff that you can do building up to, but also the day of. And I think part of that could be sending home, like you said, the stuff to do a paper circuit, because it's spatial reasoning. And some of these kids, it's just not, they can't, oh, okay, I get it. By just like looking at a 3D simulation, they need to more physically manipulate this and try to understand it. Yeah, it's so abstract. And I'm finding out more the misconceptions that kids have about even just a solar eclipse. They're like, well, okay, well, why don't we have a solar eclipse every month? Like every time the moon goes Mm -hmm. that direction. And so there's just a lot of discussion that you can have. And I'm finding a lot of it. The parents also share those misconceptions, but they're now at a point where they're afraid to ask. So it's great to be able to send those kind of things home so they can kind of learn with their kids, but not have to have all the answers. Uh, And NASA has some fabulous resources, which we've all linked and linked all of them in the blog post, including something that I didn't know we could measure with our phones. There's an app that measures the solar lux or the amount of um, light that we're that we're getting, which would be really cool to chart during the eclipse. Because something I've never been in a total solar eclipse. Have you? I haven't either. No, just partial. Yeah. So apparently when it happens, people have noted that there's like this cool breeze that comes through like it's nighttime. And so they notice like there's changes in the weather 
when the solar eclipse happens, which makes sense because wind is from the heat radiating off of the ground from the sun. So if the sun goes away, you're, you're changing all sorts of stuff. So it's really cool. The citizen science projects that they have that can work with this, including measuring how much uh, light we're getting during the solar eclipse. And that was the thought I had. I think if you're going to put on like a big party, try to spend like a solid block of time that's just focused on what is happening. So they are out there with their notebooks. And if they have like, I love that idea of an app and they're just observing what are, what's happening to the shadows. What am I feeling? What am I seeing? Talk about safety. Can't stare at the sun. Um, yeah. Right. But I think that would be so cool if it's not just like chaos and then, whoa, cool. And then back to chaos. But it's more if I mean, if you have younger kids might be harder, but having them just observe and like take in this experience while also collecting data. I love that. Yes. And with the younger kids that won't be able to understand the app or how to use all that, those solar beads are amazing for this. Those UV sensitive beads will change colors when they're out in the sun experiencing that UV radiation. So I'm thinking that they would lose their color when the sun goes into eclipse. Mm -hmm. Like how cool is that? They'll get to yeah. make, see that observation and make that connection of maybe what's happening. So solar panels, you could have a solar panel attached to like a windmill turning or a car moving like your little uh, solar cars. And then it will stop working probably <laughs> during yes. the eclipse and then work again. So many really cool things that we take for granted when the sun's out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just so cool. And I don't know. I, I just, all the things, I don't even know what to expect because I've never experienced this before, but making sure you have telescopes out there. If you have a, a local uh, organization that is an astronomical society or something that can come out and bring their telescopes. You have to make sure you have a solar filter on them. Otherwise it's super dangerous on your eyes. And then you can actually see up close what's happening and you might catch some pictures of some things going in front of the solar eclipse. I've seen those happen before, like the space station or something, which is amazing or an airplane. So, uh, yeah, I, I am so excited about all this. My students are have already started some projects that they're working on related to the solar eclipse. We're going to have a like an exposition of student projects happening, um, including some spacesuit design that kids are making. They're like life size paper mache spacesuits. They'll look like mannequins uh, for the Artemis mission. That's what they're designing them for. So we'll be talking about a lot about the moon and just the incredible way that it is designed for the moon to be the exact size of the sun in our sky because of the distance away. Like that's just crazy to me. There is no other planet, no other planet that experiences a total solar eclipse. Really? Well, cause none of the other moons are the correct size and distance but and distance. Hmm. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So we're some lucky earthlings. <laughs> you ever thought about that before? I didn't know. I thought maybe there was another planet where if it's like farther away, but the moon's bigger, it could still work. The moon would be smaller. If they're farther away to block oh, out the sun, but it does. And it'd have to be at the right angle. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. 
So all of you out there who will be Martian someday, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <on> Mars. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's crazy. So yeah, it's like a day to celebrate and also have like a countdown going starting now where it's like so many days to the solar eclipse and get kids like really excited. Um, and don't just focus that day, but all the science that you can build up to before that, I think makes us so much better um, because kids can start appreciating and untangling these ideas. And I think it's a complex topic. See, even I was like confused on how big the other moons should be farther away, but mm-hmm. it's like hard. <laughs> I know because we don't, and this is something that I, I do a, I don't know if this is appropriate for first grade or not, but this is what I do in first grade is we break down all of the ways that every picture of our solar system is wrong. Like you will never see an accurate picture of our solar system. There's always something wrong with it. Either the distances are wrong between the planets or the size is wrong or the orbit's wrong or they don't, doesn't have all the moons on there. There's always something wrong. And so it's just such a great way to tie so much into this uh, solar eclipse event and get some more awareness about some abstract ideas. But still, I mean, there's just so much to, to understand. Like the, I know you've done like the solar system model where you can just focus on size, right? With like Play-Doh, but then you can switch it to distance and just focus on distance. And then there's the video from NASA, I think maybe. Yes, where it's like, orbits. Well, I was thinking the one where you, you're like earth and then it zooms out and then it's, you know, oh. how it keeps zooming out and out and out. And it starts with like you on earth and then you earth and then the sun and then just keeps zooming out and shows like the scale of everything is just like mind blowing. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause the, like the gas giants, they're truly giant, giant. <laughs> but that's not what we think. Everybody's like, Oh yeah, Jupiter's huge. But then all the other ones are pretty tiny. Nope. <laughs> yeah. They're ginormous. So yeah, there's just so much out there that you can do and that you, uh, we would encourage you to do before the solar eclipse. Just just focus like on one thing. You don't have to do everything, right? (laughs) So just pick on something to get your kids excited about space and space exploration and then just appreciate a little bit of what is happening. But it's going to be amazing. Yes. So go watch Solar Clips. Go to our blog so you can learn more activities that you can do and what it's going to look like where you are. But for now, STEM Space out. Hey listeners, we want to hear from you. Do you have a quick tip on teaching STEM? Maybe how you store projects, where you get materials, or what not to do. Let us know and we can feature you and your tip on a future podcast episode. Head to vivifystem.com backslash quick tips and let us know your tips for teaching STEM.